You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. I went, I go to therapy every Monday morning since this January. Um, I think therapy is a beautiful, wonderful thing to have in your spiritual toolbox or just mental health toolbox of things to use during good times, during bad times, of course. But even during the mundane, when there's really nothing good or bad, things are just moving along. Therapy is awesome. Um, And something I discovered a few months ago, I think now is just, I'm ready to talk about it, is codependency in relationships. I had no idea that that was me. I, my whole life, I thought, I've heard of codependency, obviously, but I thought that was a person who was super clingy, very needy, very just completely reliant for everything, emotional, financial, physical needs on someone else. And I grew up in a very, masculine dominated home my mom and my grandma they have never been married before they're very much like yep I'm not good at relationships so I'm not getting into them screw that I'm just gonna take care of my kids my grandkids and enjoy my garden right but these are women who are financially self-sufficient they are so smart they work for their own they earn their own they're no they've never had a partner and so coming from that makes me extremely masculine and very just not in my feminine and like take charge, drive. If I, I never play the victim. If I want something, I will go get it no matter what my circumstances are. Never say never. Reach for the stars and you will get them no matter what you come from. Will it take you longer than someone who comes from a place better than you? Probably, but don't look at them. Stay in your own lane, eyes on the road, keep going. I know these, this is a mentality that the women in my life have instilled in me. I'm lucky in a sense. But as with everything, too much of anything is not a good thing. So something I learned through therapy, and I use BetterHelp, by the way, and there will be a discount code in the show notes if you guys are interested in it, of course. But one thing I discovered is my codependency in relationships. And you can imagine my entrepreneur, badass woman face when my therapist was like, hey, you say that you date clingy, emotionally needy people, but what's your role in this? And I'm like, well, now that I'm 33, I do notice that like, I like to fix people. I like to fix them. I like to play the hero in their life. And she was like, you know, that's called codependency, right? And I was like, what? Did you just call me clingy? I was like, oh, sis, uh uh-uh, I'm the queen of alone time. I lived on the road out of a car for a year by myself, and I loved it. My favorite chapter of my life is living in a treehouse alone in the Florida Keys. Like, uh uh-uh. And she was like, what's your definition of codependency? And I was like, someone who's clingy, needy. And she was like, you know that's not correct, right? And I was like, What? What do you mean? And so the definition of codependency, I have it here on Google for you guys, is a circular relationship in which one person needs the other person, who in turn needs to be needed. The codependent person, known as the giver, 
feels worthless unless they are needed by and make sacrifices for the enabler, otherwise known as the taker. Wow. Uh, In past relationships that I've been in, I have literally signed men up for college and pushed them to get a degree. And not only that, I essentially did everything besides carry them to their desk for classes, but I would write their papers for them. Um, I've always been like, okay, I will take care of the house. I will make sure all the bills are paid on time. Uh, I went on a first date with a guy and we went to a steakhouse and he ordered steak. I got a Caesar salad and I paid for it on a first date. Yeah. Every date we've ever been on was all planned by me. Every vacation, every trip went on was all planned by me. So I, I honestly, I didn't know that men could hold the door or pay for dinner or until I met JL. And I mean, like, always pay. If I have a good week at work, I have no problem taking my partner out for coffee. But, like, the man throwing his card out or cash out every time you go out to dinner is so foreign to me that because I'm so used to taking care of my shit and then taking care of other people. And not only that, but these badass women in my life are also codependents. They let people, especially men, walk all over them because they're just like, well, whatever, I can only control me. But they find purpose and meaning in their lives by catering to and helping other people and losing themselves, right? What better way to ignore the shit you never cleaned up or healed than by throwing yourself into somebody else? And there's so many reasons why a lot of people become codependent. It could be you're begging for love. You're begging for acceptance. You're begging for someone to choose you because maybe your parents never did, You can be codependent because a lot of people have failed you. And you're like, well, if I control the situation in this person and I curate them into this perfect, manicured, educated, hardworking person for me, then my life will be safe. My life will be stable. Safety and stability. Did you get those in childhood? Hmm. Maybe you're seeking them in someone else through being codependent. So, This was shocking as hell to me, but also on the same token, extremely validating. And kind of, I was disgusted, quite frankly. Jeffrey says hi. He is snoring away over here in the studio with me. But signs of codependency include difficulty making decisions in a relationship, difficulty identifying your feelings, I remember in my marriage, I I had so many feelings that didn't make logical sense to where I thought something was mentally wrong with me and I got my hormones tested. I went to therapy for two years in a row and I was like, I don't know what a relationship is or a marriage is supposed to feel like because I've never seen one. My mom's never been married. She's never been friends with married couple. I don't know what this is supposed to feel like. But what I do know is that it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. But am I just running away from something good for me? And my therapist would just kind of look at me like, shit, I don't, I mean, there is no right or wrong. Every situation is different. But in the end, she did recognize that I was not in a good dynamic. But I digress. I I couldn't identify my feelings because the entire relationship was just me. The whole marriage was just me doing everything. And it was so, and of course, like, I think my partner was there for me 
in times of extreme anxiety and extreme depression, which of course, when you don't have boundaries and you just give, 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 your cup runs dry quite often. And then my partner will just kind of poke me with a stick like, are you okay? Here, let me rub you. But it's like, that's those are beautiful things, but I was accepting that bare minimum as, okay, you're very kind, you're not mean to me, you'll rub my back when I have anxiety, but like, that's nothing. I, I shouldn't even have anxiety in this relationship all the time. And it's my fault. It's not his. I'm not pointing fingers here. It's it's 100% my fault because I just gave, gave, gave without setting boundaries. And a huge thing with codependent people, and I'm raising my hand, is we absorb the natural consequences of others' actions. Uh, for example, I'm dating someone. He has an addiction to cocaine. I'm going to say, oh, I love you. I mean, that's drastic. Let's say they have an addiction to cigarettes. I love you, and this is so bad for you. So I'm going to do, I'm going to sign you up for an addiction program. I'm going to sign you up for a birth chart reading. I'm going to encourage you to go exercise and buy you a gym membership. No. Bad girl. You are not supposed to do that. You are supposed to accept people where they are at when you meet them and you mingle with them. Ask yourself, if this person never changed, they stayed exactly the same as they are today right now in this present moment, would I marry them? Would I start a family with them? Would I trust them with my life? Do I want them smoking cigarettes on our porch when we're rocking back and forth with our grandbabies at 75? Am I going to appreciate that cigarette smoke blowing in my baby's face? Because you need to look at it from that standpoint, not, well, you know what? I can fix them. We, we can shape and mold this. Come here, come into my office. Let me tailor this suit to you. You're absorbing the natural consequences, which on paper looks like you're heroic and you feel good about yourself because you help someone. And what are we all looking for? What's my purpose? I want to help people. Through any way I can, I want to help people. And so, of course, that desire is going to fold into our partners. But when we absorb the natural, the natural consequences of their actions, simultaneously, we have to accept the natural consequences of our own actions. And you know what one plus one equals? When you have double whammy of absorbing the consequences of two people's actions, you get adrenal fatigue. Your adrenals fry, and your whole body shuts down. And all of a sudden, you are so winded just walking upstairs. And then when you go on a hike that's only four miles long, you get home, and you go to bed at 5 p.m. because your body feels like it just ran two Ironmans. And then all of a sudden, you're in the grocery store just picking up a few things, and you have to drop to the ground to get your blood pressure back into your head. And then you call some, a friend and say, can you help me? I feel like I'm going to die in the aisle five. And it's because your body, you know what else happens? Your thyroid burns out. You get hypothyroid. Your thyroid is toast because that is your energetic center, your energetic core. When we have thyroid issues, our throat chakra, right where the thyroid lies, is fried. It's broken. Our head has been telling us, absorb their consequences. You're strong. You're smarter than them. You've got this. You can help them. And then when they get to that point that you want them to be at, then things will be good. 
when your heart is screaming, no, I want to go travel. I want to be with girlfriends. I want to get a pet. I want to have children with a man that supports me. But where does that energy get stuck? If it's like a highway, where does the head and the heart bite? Your neck. That highway is where the thyroid lies. And so it's under attack. And we get autoimmune issues like Hashimoto's, hyperthyroid, hypothyroid. And it just fires up. We get cysts on our thyroid because it's anger balled up in our throat of like, I really want to say this or I'm, I'm giving myself away. I'm absorbing consequences that aren't even mine. I didn't make these choices. I didn't choose to do cocaine, smoke weed, drink too much. But I'm going to absorb the consequences from someone who did. And I learned from my therapist telling me, like, Steph, it, it seems really weird to say, hey, you have to let people flop. You've got to let them hit rock bottom. It's like, are you kidding me? I love this person. Why would you do that? I'm Scorpio Moon. I ride or die with them. And she was like, no, no, no. You're robbing them of their experience, of their life, of their purpose, of their journey. If you're blocking someone with addiction from experiencing the fallout that comes with that, how are they ever going to get out of it if they don't know what the depths of that decision feel like? And what if they get themselves out of it all on their own and it becomes their purpose to help others with addiction? But you rob them of that. If you're absorbing their natural consequences... And when I thought of it like that, I was like, oh, shit. How many people have I robbed of their purpose, of their natural consequences? You know, I remember when I got a divorce, um, I looked at my ex-husband and I said, you're going to have children someday. And I am too. Something tells me you're going to have more than me. And the longer I stay here, absorbing your natural consequences and you and mine, the longer we're preventing those children from coming here. Why would we do that? They want you. They want me. These separate families are waiting for us, praying for us. Why would we sit here when we know this is not meant to be and prevent all of those people from experiencing their joy and their happiness when they're connected with the right person? I mean, at the moment, he just kind of looked at me in a fret of anger, like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but that was just my visionary sign, like, dude, this is, this is real. Check back with me in 10, 15 years when you've got Christmas photos of you and your wife and your three kids and y'all love each other and you're so happy and you resonate more with each other. Check back with me. Say thank you. And I'll say, you're welcome. <laughs> because those people need you, want you, pray for you, manifest you, dream of you. Ooh, Jeffrey's really going in. Hey, honey. That's really a, like, those are some really violent snores. Can you tone it down just a little bit? Thank you. <sighs> Jeffrey, what are your thoughts on this? Are you codependent on me? Absolutely. <laughs> Jeffrey is attached to my hip. <sighs> so codependency is something that I've struggled with and that I have absorb the natural consequences of. Um, gosh, in my relationship with JL, I've definitely been bringing awareness to when I'm doing, I just did it this morning. I saw that he had a to-do list that was a mile long. And so I texted him like, hey, do you want me to run this errand for you? Do you want me to call this number for you? Do you want me to schedule this for you? And he was like, nope, I'm a grown ass man. I can do this. You can make me lunch, that would help. Something as simple as, well, Steph, you're already making your own lunch. Can you just double it and make me one? Like, And to me, it, it's so hard because I'm like, well, I'm watching you flop and be so stressed that you look sickly and you have bags under your eyes. Like, I've, I've got to do something. 
That's my codependency coming out. I've got to stop. We, especially we as women, and a lot of you guys have said this to me about this spiritual idealism, we feel selfish or we feel like we're going to be called a bitch if we choose ourselves. You're so full of yourself. I was just reading the birth chart of a girl who had like Leo sun and Leo rising. And she was like, yeah, my sister and all my friends, old friends, tell me like, you're so full of yourself. And I'm like, you're a fucking Leo. You're supposed to be. Like, obviously, there are boundaries and lines with this. You can't compl- you can't make promises to people you know you're not going to keep and just choose yourself, right? There's a healthy way to put your oxygen mask on first. But this is so important. And as women especially, we are holding the weight of the fucking world right now. And then we have Roe versus Wade overturned, and it's like, okay, how am I supposed to feel? It's just, oh, I, I want to be this source of optimism and light for you guys, but I also want to be a source of authenticity in a world where everybody is just spoon-feeding you bullshit in the name of, here's unhealthy self selfishness, in the name of making money, in the name of getting followers, in the name of saying, this is my life's purpose, so I will continue doing this, helping you find your purpose. It's like people already fucking know their purpose. They already know. You're not supposed to, like, tell them this is what you're supposed to do. Oh, my goodness. But codependency in relationships is really, it's a hard one. I find it's usually the woman in a partnership or the more feminine person who becomes codependent. Like if you're sad, I'm sad. If you're happy, I'm happy. It's like, no, you need to be an individual. And even though it breaks your heart to see your partner sad, let them absorb their natural consequences and figure it out on their own. If they raise their hand and say, Hey, life vest, can you help me throw me something? Step in. But if they don't, you've got to maintain. JL thinks I'm nuts for saying this. You've got to maintain happiness. I tell JL all the time, when I'm in a funk and I'm sad, it would make me so happy to see you going out fishing with the guys and sending me a picture like, look at this, or going for a run and you coming back with that runner's high and rosy red cheeks. It's weird, but when I see that, I'm like, oh, a life with joy still exists. And he's like, nah, if you're sad, I'm sad. If you're depressed, I'm depressed. And it's like, that shit doesn't help me. That's his codependency, which we'll wait for him to come back on a kitchen table talk episode. But that's something I've been working on. And it's embarrassing to admit. It's it's a revelation for me, but it's also beautiful because now I can recognize when I'm doing it and say, oh, shit, I got to stop. And the example of this morning when JL said, stop, I'm a grown ass man. You can help me, but like, don't do all that. I'm a grown ass man and I can take care of my own stuff. Um. I think a piece of my codependency is also just control. I have this vision for how I want my life to go. Definitely hasn't gone the way way I wanted it to. I don't think it ever will. That's just life, right? It's gone more beautiful. It's gone in different directions. It didn't see coming. But I have control over what I really want. I I want my life to look and feel exactly like this. And if it doesn't, I'm going to freak out. It's a very unhealthy practice because then... I go and curate my partners into who I want them to be. Do this, do that, try this, try that, without accepting them where they're at. And it is still so hard for me to like see JL going down the wrong thought process or going down the wrong road and that I know 
because I've either just studied it, been through it, seen it, feel it, gotta love being so intuitive. And I want to be like, dude, stop. Don't go into that snake den. Don't do it. But I can't. He needs to walk in there. He needs to get bit. And then he needs to learn and not repeat it. And every time I sit on my hands and bite my tongue, it's like, oh, God, there he goes. He learns. And I hate seeing him sad or in pain or crying, but he doesn't repeat the same mistake ever again because he is a grown man and he is an adult and he is mature. But if I were to jump in front of that den and say, you're not going in, trust me, you don't want to go in there. It's innate curiosity in humans. He's going to be like looking over my shoulder like, well, why not? Like, it doesn't look that bad. Like, let me just try it. And if I'm still so adamant on no, you're not, he's never going to learn. He is never going to learn. And these, right? Like, I teach this in birth charts too with difficult aspects. I teach like, hey, the difficult times, oh my God, I'm never going to say the quote, everything happens for a reason. Even though I definitely still think that you can use that for even those dire situations, but it's, it's, I can see the toxic positivity in it because some things just fucking suck and they're not fair and there's no explanation and there's no spiritual, well, when you look in the rear view mirror 10 years from now, you'll see why it happened. I know, I'm quoting, I'm making fun of my own self. I get it. Some things just suck, and there's no explanation, and there is no, like, well, just hold on, you'll see why this happened. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But some things just suck. And those moments need to be felt by all of us at some point in time. I've also read the birth chart of someone who came from a very wealthy family, and this person has never had to work a day in their life, and it from what it sounded like in our conversation, she has always had her parents absorb all of her natural consequences. She's a very grounded, awesome person. So don't get me wrong here. But she was saying, like, I feel such a void. I want to just, like, go struggle. She's like, it sounds so weird to say this, but I want to struggle. I want to financially struggle. I want to feel something. And I was like, of course you do. In my marriage, I used to like think I was crazy because I would say, I want to fight with you. Let's argue. Let's, let's do something because we never, ever did. And we never, ever did because I was the giver, giver, giver. He was the taker, taker, taker. And we were very comfortable and settled in to that like clockwork. I give, he take. I give, he take. I give, he take. And that can only last so long because I get burnt out. He feels so unfulfilled. He feels like this is boring. This is too easy. I want wild, passionate sex. I want an adventure. I want who knows what he wants. And then I'm just flatlined, burnt out, can't even have friends. I'm so tired. So it always fizzles out. It will always end. You'll know if you're in a codependent relationship, whether you're denying it or not. You'll know because these do not last forever. And you'll get physically ill if you stay in a codependent partnership for too long. I can tell you that. Your emotional realm affects your physical health. That's why it's called disease, dis-ease of the body. And how does our body become dis-eased? Energy, emotions. That's why we feel butterflies in our stomach. That's why we get sick to our stomach. We feel things in our body. Oh, my God, the blood sunk to my toes. <laughs> you, you were scared, and the blood sank to your toes. Like I don't know how else 
I can better explain it. I think a lot of people who you see an old couple, we've been married seven five years, and you're immediately like, wow, that's congratulations. What's your secret? And one thing I've learned by literally asking these people, I will go up to strangers and be like, what is your secret? I can tell when the people are actually still in love, and I can also tell when there's a codependency going on there and they're so fucking burnt out and tired. And they don't want to be together, but they're just like, well, fuck it, here we are. You can see it in pictures, in videos, face-to-face. You can see who's the giver and who's the taker. Clear as day. But you know that there's a saying as well that in terms of older couples, it's literally been studied, that if the man dies first, the woman will live on like another 10, 15 years. But if the woman dies first, the man usually dies around the same time. It could be the same day, it could be the same week, the same month. It's fascinating. Go to a graveyard and look, if you don't believe me. Don't look at studies on Google. Go to a graveyard and look who dies first and who dies shortly after, male or female. And I think, again, that's because a lot of us women are the codependent givers. Here, I'll fix you. Here, I know what to do. We women have had to step into our masculine in order to just baby and nurture and take care of these feminine men who are not cleaning up their shit, who are more sensitive than we are. And then they joke about, oh, she's hormonal. Oh, she's in another mood. And it's like, do you know what it feels like to control your hormones and not just be a raging bitch, but also like we baby men before we even have children with them. And then we have to nurse, nurture and provide for a baby, which is so draining and taxing from what I hear. And then we have to nurture, nourish a man. And it really takes a man who says, I want you, but I don't need you. Your emotional state does not dictate my emotional state. Like I said, a man who can still go for a run, go out with his buddies, have fun, healthy fun, not drinking, and enjoy himself while saying, babe, I'm here for you. But if you need me, you let me know. That's what's important, but we don't have that. We have men who are like, oh, you're in a bad mood. You don't want to have sex. Well, now I'm in a bad mood because I'm really horny. My testosterone is really high. And then we women, what do we have to do? We have to either sexually please him or we have to explain to him over and over why we're feeling the way we do. And so, again, we want someone to hold us and be strong, put his strong arms around us and say, I got you in whatever mood you're in. But I'm rooted in who I am and myself, so you can't affect me and I've got it. I promise you, I when I say I'll get something done, I have honor and integrity and I will get it done And then we women get to step into our feminine and take a deep sigh and go, wow, he keeps his word. He takes the trash out when I ask him to. When I ask him to do this, he'll do that. When he says he will. Right? Like if you want to see where someone's heart and mind is at, don't do anything. Don't try and set up booby traps and see. Don't overanalyze it. Sit back. And watch what they do every day. But not only what they do, watch what they don't do. Are they taking care of themselves and going to the doctor? Are they prioritizing that? Are they prioritizing doing the things you tell them to do? As a partner, running a household together. Are they, you know, a lot of men will use, I got to provide, I got to go to work, I have to make money. And this is a way of manipulating women into thinking like 
you got to nourish, you got to do all the feminine stuff. You've got to also take care of other things in the house because my job is to just get money. You know, JL and I mentioned this in one of the podcast episodes and I really tiptoed around it because I know how it can be misunderstood and misconstrued and blown completely out of proportion when I say women should really enjoy their feminine side and stay home and maybe not have a career, but maybe have more of a artsy thing to do or raise children. And men should be out making money. But with that said, like yesterday morning, JL did all the dishes. He got up early and got them all done. I was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I don't have work today. I was going to do that. And he's like, nah, just letting you know, like I got your back. So now you can just relax or go do something for your business instead of spending that much time on this giant pile of dishes in the sink. And it was like, holy shit, it's so sexy to see a man be like, I can provide, but I can also do the dishes when I see you need a little help around here. I can also sweep the floors because I see you've been so busy you forgot to do it. Like, I'm not going to complain and say do your shit and not do it. I'm just going to step up. That's awesome and that's beautiful. But a lot of men will use the excuse of I have to go to work. I have to make money. I have to do that. It's like, no, you don't. Show me what you prioritize by showing me what you don't do. <sighs> so with that said, watch out for codependency by being rooted in yourself. Um, by letting people absorb their natural consequences. By letting others... by accepting people for who they are in that moment you know them not romanticizing well who could they be and I know I, I say that with a gray area too because people change people evolve people grow but really ask yourself with friends with a romantic partner with parents family if who they are today is who they will be for the rest of their life is this someone I want in my life is this someone I want to entertain? I love you guys. Thanks for joining me for coffee. Hope you learned a thing or two. And I'll see you later. Bye.